Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 57 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. This week, my guest is Bertie O'Sheedy, and we'll be talking all about Luna. But first, in some doggy news, we are off to the movies. The uh, first one is Dog Tanyon and the Three Musket Hounds, which is brought back a character by the name of Dog Tanyon from about 40 years ago. The cartoon adventure follows loosely along other musketeer-type movies. Next up, we see a collaboration between two different cartoon doggy franchises where Scooby-Doo meets up with Courage the Cowardly Dog in a movie called Straight Out of Nowhere. Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog. And the gang all get together to try and solve the puzzle of the mysterious insect army about to take over the world. Finishing up on the movies is Clifford the Big Red Dog. And yes, Clifford is a very big red puppy. And if you want to find out more about Clifford, I'm sure he won't be too hard to find. Over to the US and in actually in Wisconsin, if I mentioned the Boneyard, the Hounds and Tap, and Bark and Brew, would you know what I was talking about? Well, all three of those places are part of a growing trend where you can take your dog, they can have a bit of a run around, and you can enjoy a beverage. And I think as long as there is responsible people there with their responsible dogs, that should go all right. And I really hope it does. And now, here's this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. I'm here with Bertie O'Sheedy. How are you? Hello, Robert. Thank you for having me. It is my absolute pleasure. I've been waiting a while for this one. <laughs> oh, me too. And I can't wait for what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. No, it's, it's who can't wait to talk about their favourite subject, which is their dog. <laughs> Yes, I do love my dog, Luna, a lot, like a lot, lot. Uh, so you should. So i um, going to ask you to take us back to just before you got Luna and yeah. tell us about the, the hows and whys that you both got together. All right. Based, so maybe I start with a little bit of background information just so people get the picture. Yeah, of course. 
So I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm from Austria and I moved to Australia with my gorgeous husband and family. And my dream as a kid was always to have a dog, but I never had a dog. I always stole the village dogs and, you know, kind (laughs) of pretended they were mine. Mm -hmm. And I really loved dogs, but I never had one because life was just so busy, studying, working, moving continents. And when we got to Australia, I was quite feeling isolated. I didn't have a ton of friends. It was just really, it was quite a lonely time in my life. And the kids had, you know, they had moved on. They had moved out of the house. They had their own lives going. And my husband at that time was traveling a lot. Like he would be five, six months a year overseas. So I would be alone in the country, in Australia. And I was a bit homesick and I'm just like, oh, I really want to have a dog. But we were living in a tiny unit in Sydney. So I started volunteering at a dog shelter mm-hmm. because I couldn't have a dog in the unit we were renting. But I'm like, oh, on the weekends I get some exercise and I can walk dogs and I can get to know them. And I was, in hindsight, super naive about that. I knew not or did not know anything about dogs. But I started volunteering walking dogs for the dog shelter. And I really, really liked it. And I did that for quite a while. And so my family and my husband, we very often on a weekend were just walking dogs in the middle of nowhere. And so when I realized I really, really, really want to have a dog, not just a little bit, like I really, really, really want a dog. Mm -hmm. And my husband realized how lonely I often felt. He's like, all right, let's make it work. And I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm pretty, if I would be a dog, I would be a working line dog. I can be pretty intense. (laughs) (laughs) So I organized a new house to live and a fencing and found a dog pretty much in a week. (laughs) (laughs) Poor family. That's just like, that's pretty soon. And I'm like, I'm committed. (laughs) Well, you said we're going to get one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you gave me a green light. I double checked. Like there was no miscommunication. (laughs) I didn't read the fine print. Um, So yeah. and Green light on the drag strip. It's just. (laughs) Yes. That was me. I was prepared for this all my life. I was ready. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then, so I I found a house, which was, pretty fantastic that was dog friendly it's really hard in city to get dog friendly homes within a certain budget and we started looking for a dog and I wanted to adopt a dog mm-hmm. and I had my eyes set on a dog and I started dreaming about that dog a lot like she came into my dreams all the time and I said to my husband I'm like that's my dog And he's like, you're pretty optimistic because we haven't even applied for that dog. The dogs go pretty fast. We haven't even fully signed a contract for the rental property. So slow down, right? Like slow down. And all I'm hearing is like, rah, 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 rah. (laughs) And then my my husband's pretty amazing. And he's like, well, you clearly sat on that dog. I'm like, I'm dreaming of that dog. And her name is Luna. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I know her name is Luna. And he gives me the look, you know, the, <laughs> are, are you not? like? And I'm like, I know I'm a handful, but whatever. 
So we go to the to the adoption and go through the adoption centre and the rescue process, the rescue that they had. And it's a pretty full-on process to adopt the dog. Like there was lots of paperwork involved, interviews. And we were not their first choice. Mm-hmm. And someone else was their first choice. And I didn't understand their first choice because my my application, in my eyes, and clearly I'm very opinionated, was pretty perfect. Mm-hmm. And... I Luna at that stage was 11 months old and wasn't socialized. Like she needed to be walked with two leads because she pulled everyone over. She gave people, um, she jumped at people's faces and, you know, gave them bruises in their face just out of hyper excitement and was pretty intense, like pretty full on. And the couple that they had preferred was a 75 year old retired couple. And I'm like, your feedback to me was that if she doesn't get a 10K walk a day, she's not the right fit for my home. And I'm just like, I don't understand. So luckily we got the dog in the end. We got Luna. And when we filled out the information paper, the dog shelter had named Luna Lotus. But I said, what was her original name before you renamed her? And they're like, it was Luna. And I'm like, ha, I knew it. (laughs) and then the lady didn't believe me and I'm like that's your problem I know what I know and then yeah we took her home and life changed dramatically pretty quickly Mm. so what was she like do you remember those first few days or weeks yeah she was a very anxious dog because she hadn't been socialized and we knew she had very severe separation anxiety she was also pretty skinny. Like she was very, just didn't chew her food really, didn't, was, had lots of stomach problems, was on the way home from the rescue. We had to stop a good 10 to 15 times because she had such bad diarrhea from anxiety. Mm. Like it was, and it, it was only a 40 minute drive. So she was a very anxious dog from the beginning. And in hindsight, being a qualified dog trainer these days, or having set the exam, I'm not working in the dog space like that. I would have done things differently. Mm-hmm. I overexposed her way too quickly to things, like I overstimulated her. I had a very romantic version of a dog in my mind. And did, it was very yeah. full on for her. Did they, were they, the shelter able to give you any details of her previous life? I know a little bit. I know that she is from Western Sydney, escaped the death row just by hours and wasn't socialised. Like she hadn't met many men at all. And that to this day is, she's very cautious around men. Um, And it was interesting because I always, not knowing, not knowing much about dogs, had this fuse, oh, something really terrible must have happened to her because she's so scared. And I don't think... That's true. I think what happened to her is that she wasn't prepared for life. They didn't socialise her. Mm-hmm. So I think she was just locked away somewhere. And so the biggest trauma to her is not having had any good exposure. And it haunts her to this day. She's extremely noise sensitive, mm. extremely noise sensitive. Like I, I'm pretty sure there's a running joke around because my dog is noise sensitive to papa dumps when we eat Indian food. <laughs> Like she goes and hides. Anything that beeps, she starts shaking. 
She hates the printer. I've tried so, so hard to desensitize her to the printer because I have a home office. I gave up after a year, just couldn't. So she, anything that sounds electric, like the beeping sound, makes it scares her. Like, I don't know why. I haven't figured that one out. Okay. But she is a complex dog. She's, I think in hindsight, I shouldn't have had her as a first-time owner simply because if someone would have been a bit more experienced, I think she maybe would have had a gentler side. On the other hand, I'm pretty stubborn, so I made it work. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, sometimes things are uh, meant to be, whether you think they should have been or not, and and people and dogs are just sometimes they, they, need, each, they need each other and it's just the way it, it is. Totally. Like she's one of the greatest gifts I've ever received in my life and it took me a while to understand that simply because when I got her, I thought I have this amazing buddy that I can take to the beach and socialise and everyone loves her and she she cuddles up to everyone and she's this amazing, you know, social butterfly. She doesn't want to be touched by anyone. You know, she loves the, me and my husband, but she's very, very selective around people. Mm-hmm. She'd rather be in her crate far away from any visitors in the house. She's very slowly warming up to people. Like it took, I think our oldest one, our oldest child, Saf, it took Luna like seven months to warm up to them because they only came a few weeks to visit. Um, a few times a week. So, and she's very sketchy. Mm, like the, the environment. Yeah. <laughs> I would say sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because you also, I should mention this. So what happened quite early on after we've had adopted her and she had really bad separation anxiety. Like she destroyed our rental house for thousands of dollars. Like she was the master redecorator. And Viga constantly letters from the neighbors that she's howling and whining when we just do grocery shopping or whatever. And I had to really do an extensive behavior modification program with her. It's getting her confidence up, exposure, um, just desensitization, like the whole yard. And in that period, what happened was that our neighbor's house burned down in the middle of the night. And we had to evacuate our own home because we were so close. And uh, the police told us that we had to evacuate because they were worried that our rental house blows up from the gas. Mm-hmm. And what happened, that happened in the middle of the night. My husband was in the US and it was like 11 or 12 in in the middle of the night. And so we evacuated highly stressed from our house. And that house was on top of a cliff with about 60, 70 stairs down to cliff oh, on the outside. Yeah. yeah, you're crawling down and everything around you is on fire and you're in your PJs and you're wanting to go to your car and the police officer tells you you can't have your car, you need to leave everything behind. And I'm like, there goes my life. And what happened was when we got down the stairs, the police officer was dressed in, I think, dark blue or dark clothes. And Luna got so scared and I was already really scared. Like my adrenaline and my anxiety were through the roof Mm -hmm. that she had a go at him. Like she wanted to go for him because she was scared too. And after that, her reactivity was just 
really pronounced. We had to do a lot of work around that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, a couple of things I just wanted to sort of just go back on. You said that she's in a crate. So when you first got her home, you were doing crate training? Yes, we did crate training. Um, she is a dog that always benefited from structure. She thrives in clear rules, very clear communication. And I think that I wish I would have understood that early on how important clear communication with a dog is because my communication wasn't clear. I thought it was clear, but it wasn't. Um, And also she just needed to learn timeouts because she started resource guarding me pretty quickly. Okay, yep. So I had to show her, no, you're part of the family, but you don't run the family. (laughs) (laughs) And because she had such, her her threshold for hyperarousal was quite low at the beginning. It was just a way to keep her in a zone where she could learn, like that window of opportunity of learning. Mm -hmm. And she loves her crate. She puts herself in the crate all the time. She loves tight spaces that are dark and cozy. So where in the house was the crate? She had a room. So we had like a sunroom that was leading or just to outside and she had a crate in there. Mm-hmm. So she she had a very comfy bed in there. And it was not like she got slowly exposed to the crate training. It was very gentle crate training. Like we had a lot of treats involved, very made it a really comfortable, safe place for her because that was the goal. Crate means safe space. So then visitors would become over. Look, I'm opinionated, but I think my dog's pretty cute looking. <laughs> We're like, you can't touch the crate. You can't look at the crate. You need to go. So it was a safe space. And to this day, it is a safe space. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's very important that they, that they have that, that they can take themselves there for their own time out when, when, when they think they need it. Yeah. And she's to, to this day, when someone knocks at the door, and I say to her, you had to go to your house. She runs into her crate <laughs> and waits for her command to come out. Mm-hmm. And most of the time she chooses not to come. She'd rather stay in her house. Mm. So, yeah, when it's funny. Our neighbours are like, who are you sending to the house the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> How did she go with the 60-odd steps? She she had at that time heaps of energy. I didn't cope. She did. Um, however, I remember that at the beginning, the steps were concrete steps where I could look through. I think the first week she was very cautious just because it was something she hadn't encountered. Mm-hmm. So um, um, we did a lot of you know, luring and building her confidence. But in hindsight, you know, there comes a point where we're like, you need to go home. So... Off you go. So <laughs> there's reality attached to. We tried to be as gentle and fun, but at the same time, there's reality and you need to be firm. And and she's a dog that needs boundaries. She challenges them all the time. She loves just tiptoeing right at the edge of that boundary. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think a lot do. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm the same, so I can't blame her. <laughs> I honestly look at her, I'm like, we got a lot in common. <laughs> mm-hmm. So <clears throat> when she was young, was there any interaction with other species? Mm, she went to a doggy daycare and that was probably about it. Mm-hmm. She got 
Um, the dog at daycare was very, they had a lot of dog trainers there. And I also met one of my best friends there, who is an amazing dog trainer, Lauren Hoyle. And she helped us and Luna learn how to be around other dogs, um, just to, to learn socialization around other dogs. But that's about it. Like we exposed her to cats that didn't, I don't have a cat. So I'm like, that will be a lot of work. I don't want, I don't see the point. I don't have one. She saw horses and cows. Um, She's good around lorikeets because we have a lot. She's listening and she has impulse control around lorikeets, but not really. No. She's still pretty wild. (laughs) Put a lot of work into her, but. Is she the most obedient dog? Look, she's obedient when I need her to be around very non-negotiable things, but otherwise I just don't expose her. Yeah, and I think uh, a lot of that's all you sort of need them to be because, yeah, let dogs be dogs for a lot of the time, I think. Yes, and here where we live now, out of suburbia, it's very easy for her to be just a dog and just sniff and roll around and eat possum scat and all sorts of things. So she has a great life. Like she won the dog lotto, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people listening that, that don't know, you went from basically a suburban northern suburbs of Sydney to? Yeah. Um, a small property in the Blue Mountains that's surrounded oh, by National Park. <laughs> it's so terrible. Never oh, come no. here, please. Don't come visit. No, please do. The Blue Mountains rely on tourism. So <laughs> do enjoy it. It's beautiful. But because we live on property and Luna is very, very independent thinker, she's most of the time on a long line because we tried really hard for her recall, but there's just so many things in the National Park that I can't control. And I respect the National Park. I want that the wildlife there is protected and safe. And so she's on a long line or uh, on a extendable lead um, most of the time. Did you notice much change in in behaviour and habits from when you went out there? She relaxed heaps. She relaxed heaps. I do believe I relaxed a lot more too. So we both relaxed more and I do believe my emotions travel through the lead to her. And she has just a very biologically fulfilling life here. She, She sniffs heaps more. We don't have to navigate other dogs that are off lead or tight spaces with other people or anything like that. I literally just go outside my door and there's the bush. And where we live, we have designated trials that you're allowed to take your dog. So she gets very often a five to eight K bush walk. It's very very nice. Yeah. It's good for both of us. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were back in Sydney, where would have been her more favoured spots to go? In the end, because of the reactivity and I just started dreading walking her because it became so stressful, mm-hmm. we just drove by car to a big oval and we walked around that oval. And that was her favourite spot because um, the oval was surrounded by trees and we very often – so Luna is dog selective, actually. So she has dog friends she gets along, but they have to be introduced really slowly and they can't be as hyper as she is. So we went walking with other friends around Oval. We did some obedience training, some fun, you know, some engagement games. So for Luna, it's 
exercise is important, but for her, it's also really important that her mind is worked, like that she feels like she learned something, she had a good sniff, and just that she has this real all-around calmness to her. Wow. Nice, very nice. What would have been her favourite games when she was younger and have they changed? She loves, she's very food-driven. So anything food, whether it's a luring game, whether they're food puzzles or Kongs, she gets most of her meals out of a Kong um, to this day. She loves a good tug. She loves, there is this Kong toy that has two balls and it, both balls squeak. She kills the squeaky bit really quickly, <laughs> but she loves bashing that toy. So, yeah. But she loves, she also really likes free shaping. She really likes just using her mind and figuring things out. Oh, no. so she's she's fun. She's a fun dog. Um, one thing we I forgot to ask, uh, that I usually ask earlier on, is what sort of breed or mix do you think with Luna? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, I don't know. I... I've done a DNA test, but then I realized that DNA test doesn't have a lot of breeds in it, so I kind of dismiss it. I know she has husky in her. I know she has some form of shepherd in her. She has some form of mastiff in her and some form of whippet. Okay. So she's like her mom. We have bits and pieces from all over. We <laughs> don't know. <laughs> so like, all I know is she's, yeah, I love her. I, I think she has the cutest smile. And her Fur is so soft. Like it's one of the softest furs I've ever touched in a dog. Mm. Nice. So yeah. out of those sort of mixes, do you think her like a, a breed trait is anything stronger in from one than the other or? Uh, she's very protective, very guardy around the house and very like she loves guarding things, whether it's me or the house. Mm -hmm. I, like I, I do think that she has shepherd in her. Um, my friends think she has duchy in her, and I'm like, look, I don't know, but um, I do feel there is that type of line in her, and I believe her her husky line comes out in her prey drive. Like when she's outside, she just like goes, doesn't listen, very free thinker, doesn't like being told what to do at all, mm -hmm. like at all. So. Yeah, but she's, what's the word? I never wanted to do competition with her or I just wanted to have a pal. I just want to have a buddy and she's amazing. So she's a yep. really beautiful dog. So do you think with the different, let's call them activities, uh, yeah. she has a particular fondness of doing something more than others that be sort of like nose work or...? She loves bushwalking. Like I think that is, but it's it's a bushwalk where she's allowed to sniff and have a look. Like when I go bushwalking with her, there she has a command where I say free, and she's allowed to sniff with manners along the line, and we I stop. But then when I finish that, it's like go time because otherwise we're there for ten hours. <laughs> but she loves she loves the combination of okay, let's be outside, but just sniffing without 
uh, there's no purpose to it. Like it's not a ascent class or anything like that. It's just exploring everything. And she loves rolling in shitty things. That's, I think, her absolute favorite thing. Like everything that stings, every puddle. Like she's pretty, yeah, she loves, and she has this cute smile on. And she, when you walk with her outside, so after a while, when she's in her rhythm, she looks at you and she's like, yeah, this is amazing. She has this cute smile. Oh, excellent. <laughs> So you mentioned puddle. How has she been with water? She hasn't had a great amount of exposure to it. Like I, she doesn't, I don't think, know how to swim. Like she hasn't had any. We took her once, actually a couple of times to a dog-friendly beach. But we stopped that because there were so many other dogs that it became really stressful and she just got diarrhea from the stress. And, um, yeah, she, she, she loves running through knee-deep, Puddles and just make, you know, the water jump and bites it. Yeah. Okay. And grooming and bath time with water or how does yeah, she go yeah. there? Yeah, she's a very stinky dog because she rolls and everything. Like she gets regular baths and she gives you the puppy eyes as if you torture her. And I'm like, listen, this is a very gentle bath, but you stink. <laughs> um and then she, you know, she gets to Sumi's after her bath time and I have to make sure that I clean the rest of the house because last time I found dog hair on top of the ceiling after she shook her wet fur. <laughs> um, she loses a lot of hair. But she, no, the only thing she really is not good and that is something we constantly work on is nail care. She has super, super thick nails. Mm -hmm. And when you use the clipper, you crush her nail. Like it hardly copes. Mm -hmm. And it puts so much pressure on her foot that she dislikes it. So we have to file it. File it, yeah. But because, yeah, so we file it regularly. And she acts as if I torture her. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sweetheart, for six years we have been doing this. <laughs> you have no pain. And we've done, you know, Tyler Muda's protocol to nail desensitization and everything. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> but it's your yeah, nail case, probably her most hated part. Yep, I can sort of relate to that with, with our girl. She's the, the same. She's uh, turning eight, actually, next week. Also, we have similar age dogs, mine's seven. <laughs> and nail care and uh, we, we, I use a Dremel. And yeah, Luna hates the noise. Like I tried for so long and she just, so I do it myself. Yeah, I think with Marley, she's more, like you just said, it's more the noise. It's not the actual action because if we put, you know, like a, a dish of yogurt, she'll put her head in the yogurt and it's all right. You can do the Dremel. It's no problem without a little bit of bribery in the yogurt. It's just like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> just like pull, pull, a, pull a pour away a little bit. And it's like, oh, God, whether it's just she knows that it's come to the, the habit of actually giving her something first and then she's like, yeah, now I've yeah. got it. That's all right. Okay, hurry up and just They're do clever. it. <laughs> They're clever. I have to say Pat Stewart's box training protocol helped Luna heaps with just being able to touch her feet because mm -hmm. she didn't like that at the beginning. So... So I, that's, again, I think something that if you have a puppy and you can teach them that touching nails is fine, it makes your life a lot easier. Like for us, nail carries, my husband and I are like, uh. <laughs> 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 it's not something. And because we do it manually, um, 
Yeah, we do it most weeks. We do now, Ken, most weeks. We both go like, all right, now get time. <laughs> okay. Uh, tried a, a scratch board? Um, we have, but it's not working. Work. So we have, we buy these nail salon files that are for acrylic files to 80-80 grit. Mm-hmm. And we use them. They're pretty good. No, it, it's fine. It's just we have to be on it because where we walk, there is no concrete. Mm. So her nails naturally don't get smaller because mm. she's always on soft ground. She's getting a, a proper porticure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like the funny thing is I've had maybe one many petty in my life. <laughs> my dog gets it every week. Like I, I, some people love many petties. I don't. I'm like, oh, that's so boring. Um, you mentioned before, like the the double ended Kong for a toy. Does she mm-hmm. have other favourite toys or anything like that? She does, but she destroys like. Well, that's not true. So we have toys for working where we, where she and I have an engagement game. These toys are getting packed away. There are sometimes toys. There are toys just when I'm around, like that Kong. That Kong is there when I'm there. Um, they are our engagement game toys. But her favorite time is destroying things. She just loves to destroy things and make it snow with the inside of stuffed things. Um, she loves a good bone. She loves to chew on things. Mm, lamb neck is her favourite. So, yeah. Mm. Would you say she's got any particular weird habits? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like? <laughs> oh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um. So she is a pretty, a dog that creates rituals for herself. So her morning routine, how she gets up in the morning is every day the same. So every day, the certain type of stretch, a certain type of neck stretch, a certain type of yawn and a certain type of walking around the house. Um, So she's very, she loves rituals. Like she's a very, um, she doesn't like change at all. She has a certain way her blanket has to be, otherwise she rearranges it till the cows come home. Um, the other thing is she hates wind, dislikes wind. Okay. So we live on a mountain range and we have very strong wind. We very often have 80, 100K winds in a week. Mm-hmm. Doesn't like it, like shakes, which means if the wind comes in the middle of the night, all of a sudden I get a face like in the night because she just walks into my room and goes, like, I'm not okay. And you, we've tried all sorts of supplements and it's just she doesn't like the wind, the noise it makes. It's the noise the wind makes. Um, yeah, she has lots of odd things. Like at the moment, her thing that we're trying to not let her do is um, we were really careful about it, but she likes dragging her bum across the carpet and she has no end gland problems. Her food hasn't changed. Like she just likes it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but that's my indoor carpet. <laughs> like at the beginning, I'm like, oh, maybe you're not okay. And then we got to check it out. No, you are okay. You just like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Um, what about uh, health-wise? How has she been throughout her life? Is there any major issues? Sensitive. I think she got this sex too young, so I don't think her growth plates have closed. Like her her structure is a bit all, all over the place, the bone structure. She was incontinent as well because she was too sex too early. So as soon as we drop her activity, she gets really quickly incontinent during her sleep. Um, she is on very expensive food. Her food costs most days more than my dinner. Um, no, she she has she gets itchy, and she just has her anxiety is better on high quality food. The less you know, like she's on um, CVP, not because. Well, she's on CV Peak simply because her mood improved so much. Her anxiety improved so much on okay. CV Peak. So anything anti-inflammatory, she gets a lot of anti-inflammatory substitutes. And I do think that she is, because of her bone structure, in a bit of chronic pain quite often. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she was young, she partially tore her ligament. So she was on bed rest, but thankfully was okay. She's, she's not very strong on that um, hind leg, but it's, it's fine. And because she gets so anxious at the vet, um, I'm very purposeful when I take her to the vet. Like I, I try to be really careful and go like, is this worth it? Because last time she was at the vet, she had diarrhea for four days after despite being medicated. Oh. She just struggles so much in that environment. And the, and the vet called me. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, she is an anxious dog. And he's like, wow, she's super anxious. And I'm like, I know. And it takes her a really long time to get over it. Um, so I just, she's not neglected in any form or way, but I'm not that type of person that, oh, she has a tiny, tiny thing. Let's go. I'm like, mm-hmm. do we need to go or not? Because it causes her a lot of mental stress. Mm. So <clears throat> did you take her on, even back when you were in Sydney, going on like a holidays or weekends away yeah. or things like that? Then- yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a couple of away trips with her and we just make sure that the house that we, the Airbnb is not, there's no other dog. Um, and, you know, because she's so, she loves her crate so much, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like she loves her crate. For her, that's a safe space so she can come with us. These days we don't go so much with her, probably because of COVID. We haven't been much away. Um, so no, but she was able to come with us and, but sometimes when we travel a lot, like if there's, you know, a lot of car riding involved to that, then we just um, have her board with a friend. Okay. So how was she when you did go to the new places from like at the Airbnb and having that new environment, did it take her a while to sort of adjust to the houses yeah. where you stayed? Yeah, yeah. And like there's, there's usually, it's quite structured to introduce her to a new place. Mm-hmm. Like just she loves routine. She loves it and she likes to know what she's allowed to do and whatnot. She still tries to break the rules. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I know that you've changed the way that you do your professional side and you have people now coming to your place. How does she 
you sort of like cope with that or you think, well, she goes mostly into her crate? She is. So I don't, my client's well-being is very important to me. Mm -hmm. So she's in a different room in her crate. Like she's in a room at the end of the house in her crate. And I don't have clients back to back. I usually have always a gap so she can come out and go for a sniff and all of that. But no, she, I, I, when I work with my people, I need to be in a workspace where I don't want to worry about her and I can't have her barking at things. So she's, she's looked after, she's walked, fed, happy snoozing, and I do my job. Does <laughs> <laughs> she do the, the patrol around and say like, oh, there's, there's someone new's been around oh, here? there's investigation all the time. <laughs> there's a look. <laughs> yes. Who have you been bringing into our place? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, Very yeah. much so. One of the questions I ask everyone is to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate my husband's birthday roast. Yeah, <laughs> tell she us that story. She, so, oh my god, that was maybe half a year in when we got her, and what happened was my husband had his birthday. He loves Austrian German food, so I made him a pork knuckle. It was a big pork knuckle, and I had the pork knuckle resting on the kitchen counter inside the kitchen, and Luna was not allowed to go in the kitchen. It was off limits for her. And we had all our first serving as a family, but I had the second serving on there, and we were just chatting as a family, you know, having a good time, giggling. And then all of a sudden we hear Madel Trago cluck <laughs> and off comes running Luna around the corner with the whole bone in her face, oh. parading it around. <laughs> and we're like, that's, that's like dinner, that's birthday lunch. And he got it. And Jess is like, my husband's like, that's my birthday lunch. The doctors took our birthday lunch. <laughs> and I was like, she did. And she was so pleased with herself. She had the best smile on her. That made it really hard for me to be serious and tell her off because I just, I laughed. I just laughed. So <clears throat> at what sort of stage after having or first getting Luna, do you think she influenced your professional side? Probably year, year to two years in. Mm -hmm. That's when I started working on how dogs are our teachers and how they, how we need to learn how to regulate our nervous system around them. If, if you have a, you know, like a, some dogs are pretty straightforward. Boone and I, we both complicated individuals. So we need a bit more structure. Um, so, yeah. Did that sort of come about as a gradual thing or did it just was like the a light bulb moment where you just went, wow, you know, this is what yeah. she's leading me to do? It was oh, from the outside, I think people could say it was gradual, but I, I just got stuck with her. We didn't improve. Like in our training and in her ability to function everyday life with her reactivity, we didn't improve. And then I realized it was me that was holding her back because I was by that time so anxious that she would attack someone that I just had so much tension in me that traveled down the lead. 
And then I'm like, I need to sort my own anxiety out and then I can be a better dog owner for her. And that's when it changed. Mm. That's a very traumatic sort of realisation, I think. It was, I was in tears. Not that this was the first time I was in tears at a dog training class. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but no, I had amazing people around me, very, very, very kind, generous people, like amazing people that always believed in us. But I just realized that we didn't progress and it was me holding her back. And that was um, very hard to accept, but it was the truth. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of changed uh, your direction of your practice and how you do things? Yes, I now, I'm still a coach and clinical psychologist, but I have a real fascination and passion for helping dog owners. And very often the cases that I'm helping with, it starts off with a problem that they go like, oh, my dog's teaching me that, but I don't know how to, what to do with it. For instance, if you have a dog that needs space, you need to be assertive. You need to know how to hold and set boundaries. Some people, me included, did not know how to do that. Or if your dog is a, is a substitute for having friends in a social life, your dog will feel that. It's too much pressure for the dog. That's, you know, there are lots of reasons why dogs are in our lives. And <laughs> that is very true. Very true. Yeah. It's like we mentioned before how, how a different species and one that can't talk to us changes our path in life so much and and to such a degree if you were to say that to a person before it happened they would look at you and go you're going to tell me a dog's going to make me do that no no way (laughs) no no dogs are amazing healers and heart openers they they um are phenomenal they're gift oh absolutely absolutely Sort of any other adventures or incidences coming to mind that you'd like to share? No, I just think that my family would agree that getting Luna was as important as getting married. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, she, she took me to America to present an inter, in an international conference. I'm on podcasts talking about it. It's so different. Like she changed my life. And no, I, I'm, she's. She's amazing. I love her dear. I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on. Like, I, it's really nice talking about your dog for such a really nice long time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Do you want to let people know your social links and, and if they need help and assistance, how, how do they get in contact with you? Yes, love to. So, hi, everyone. My name's Birdie Oshidi. You can find me on my webpage, birdieoshidi.com. Or on Facebook, um, Birdie Oshidi, or on Instagram, Birdie Oshidi. And on Facebook, I'm Birdie Oshidi, Holistic Psychologist. So feel free to follow us, send us a message if you have any questions. My email is hello at birdieoshidi.com if you have any questions. And yeah, thank you for having me. I wish you all well. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to chatting again later. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. 
Now, while you've still got this going and your phone out just before you switch it off, hit that subscribe button and then hit that share button. That is, of course, unless you are driving and you can do it later on. But please share, like, subscribe and tell a friend. I'd love to grow the audience of this podcast and have more people hear all about how awesome dogs are. Until next time, stay safe and remember, your dog is family.